This is Lincoln A to Z. Lincoln A to Z. Lincoln A to Z. We've chosen 52 squares at random from the Lincoln A to Z street map. E and And now we have to go to all 52 and make a program about each and every one. Lincoln A to Z. Each week we'll be setting off on our trusty bikes to find a different grid. Lincoln A to Z. We could find ourselves in a leafy residential area, a bustling city street, or a completely empty field. We'll present our findings every week here on Siren FM as we uncover Lincoln one grid at a time. Lincoln A to Z. 52 grids, two men, one map, no clue. Well, hey, that's us, Lincoln A to Z on Siren 107.3 FM and sirenonline.co.uk. I'm Paul Tyler, and the genius producer of the programme is the good soul himself, Johnny Hoare, only today, only today, nominated for a Radio Academy Radio Production Award, uh, which is, well, believe it or not, for our old uh, programme, the one we used to produce here at Siren FM, The Reading Room. How are you feeling, Johnny? I'm very, very excited about going down to London and yeah, going to a glamorous awards, dude. Hey, London. I have oh. no idea what I'm going to wear. I'm assuming <laughs> the tracksuit top and trainers that's, is... That's usual, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah fine. We'll be fine. Anyway, back to the important matter at hand. Lincoln A to Z. This is going to be our 19th grid that we've visited, so that's only 33 to go. Uh, before we let back out into the community to wreak havoc with another pointless project. But until then, Johnny, which grid are we putting under the microscope this week? Hi, I'm Andy. How long have you lived in Lincoln, Andy? Four years. What do you think of Lincoln? I think it's fantastic. Okay. Pick out a square and read out the name. C9. Lincoln A to Z on Siren FM. C9. So, Johnny, C9, tell me about it. Well, C9 is part of Skellingthorpe, kind of the uh, eastern side. I always pause when I have to say that because I always have to do the whole never each shredded wheat thing in my head. All oh, right, okay. I can never remember which direction is which. So, yeah, it's the eastern side of Skellingthorpe. It's Lincoln Road around the, the Heritage Room, the Community Centre. You've got a bit of the, the playing field in there. And right up in the top right hand corner, you've got the library. Okay, now if you know anything about this grid in Skellingthorpe or any of our other grids, uh, you can email us uh, Lincoln A to Z at sirenonline.co.uk. You can find us on the Facebook, and of course we're on Twitter. Hashtag Lincoln A to Z. Now details of this grid and all the others are found on our fabulous website, Lincoln A to Z dot co dot uk. Okay, time now to actually visit the grid C9 Skellingthorpe Skelly, and. Uh, we're doing my best not to mention that, uh, well, sometimes this village has, uh, well, it has a bit of an odour about it. Um, but I failed to do that and mention it in the first 30 seconds. So as the, uh, the trailer for Lincoln A to Z says, uh, Johnny and I have come out on our trusty bicycles. Uh, and we now find ourselves in, in C9, uh, Skellingthorpe, Skellingthorpe Village. We've got two grids in Skellingthorpe Village. Uh, the one thing that most people know or think about when you think about Skellingthorpe is uh, a bit of a whiff, a bit of a pong in the air. Now we're going to cover that more uh, on the second uh, grid. Uh, but all in all, uh, looking around Skellingthorpe, uh, just a little bit we've cycled into today past the Daisy Maid ice cream place, which everyone goes to as soon as the sun comes out, especially if you've got children, you go to the Daisy Maid, everyone goes to Daisy Maid. And uh, we've cycled past there and what a, a lovely 
looking village it is nice uh, splendid long driveways in they've got the national cycle route through here so of course we like it uh, although there are far too many dog walkers getting in the way for my liking um, we're in the area of the community centre huge car park uh, a couple of buildings and of course the heritage room now Johnny when we saw the heritage room was on our Lincoln A to Z map were you imagining a building so small no it's tiny isn't it it's like a, a bus shelter really but I bet they cram a lot in there uh, well, let's hope so. Let's hope so. I mean, but as, we, as we're walking down the very ample-sized car park, I mean, this is something you would uh, you would allocate to uh, maybe a small supermarket, not a big supermarket, not you know, not, not a hyper um, high, a hypermarché as they have in France, um, but it's really, really very big uh, car park. And alongside uh, the car park, there are exercises uh, and exercise points you can do uh, and I want to cycle through here because this is the national cycle route I've used this quite a lot uh, there are exercise points here and you can do pushing stand-ups uh, Johnny is currently uh, using his upper body stretch and strengthen yeah feeling the burn yeah so uh, <laughs> I mean, what do you think to this Johnny you know they've put some exercise bits around I mean that you can see over there someone's graffitied or tagged over that bit that's not even good graffiti the tagging is it it's just you know just makes it look ugly uh, but I did once see a pensioner uh, using the cycle machine over there uh, very early on a Sunday morning while I was on a bike ride and I thought you know that's, that's good that's, it's, then in which case what they've done here is doing its job it's, it's nice isn't it I've never seen these before just out in the open for anyone to use yeah it does so as you say the, this massive massive car park it has to be said and these things alongside it suggests that uh, Scallingthorpe Parish Council is, is quite you know they're not short of funds are they so to be able to afford all this kind of stuff uh, yeah it, it would it would appear to be that way I just I, I perhaps wish I don't know, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe you've got a point there, Johnny, that, that these kind of things uh, should be up on the Ermine Estate, where we, uh, where we spent some time in a previous series, uh, rather than maybe a more affluent area uh, like Skellingthorpe. So on the back end of our C9 grid, uh, there's a football match going on. It's, uh, it's a Sunday morning, uh, so it's Sunday morning football. This will be one pub team playing another pub team, probably. And um, there are some there are some guys who you know really look in very athletic shape, and there are some guys that look perhaps less so athletic shape. That fellow just standing in the middle with his hands on his hips, for example, he, he looks like he had one too many last night uh, down the, down the Georgian Dragon or, or wherever they're playing for. Um, I don't think John Motson's uh, in for any trouble here with my uh, football commentary, is he? But I know you're not the uh, the most sporting of uh, of chaps here, Johnny. Uh, but this has obviously never appealed to you—the fact of getting up on a Sunday morning, going and kick a ball around. I can think of nothing worse. No, no. I, I mean, when I used to play football at school, I, I put all my effort into trying to avoid the ball at all costs. So there's a guy walking around with no no proper kit on. Another guy with no proper kit on. Uh, I do think the uh, the guy who doesn't appear to be in kit though, he surely should have been made to do it in his best and pants. We're now walking away from the football, and I'm quite glad. Um, so I'm always very nervous standing near a game of football in case the ball gets kicked out towards me. And I'm, and I'm expected, obviously, being a, a bloke, to kick it back expertly, you know, to the exact point it's meant to go to. And actually, I'll be exposed as the, you know, kicks like a girl, wuss that I actually am. And um, in front of all these manly Sunday morning football men, it would be, it'd be embarrassing. So I'm pleased to be away from that, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose that's obviously the difference between me and you because I was thinking, well, they might, it, the ball might come over. I might kick it back, and they, they might all be very impressed with my side-footed action. And they might say, "Hey, mate, we're a player down. Uh, do you want to come and uh, play for us?" Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, and I score uh, their winning goal for the cup final, 
uh, and then uh, you know they take me down the pub and treat me like a hero all day <laughs> and um, you know I've lived my real life Roy of the Rovers moment but one thing I heard from there and, and hopefully we've we'll, we'll, we'll recorded the audio uh, and we'll be able to play it for you is that they were all shouting at the same time so lots of things like uh, you know usual uh, uh, football shouty things like man on uh, onside uh, closing down that kind of thing switch it switch it is always a you know the, a big favorite of the of the sunday morning footballer i like to it makes me feel better my lack of football knowledge and ability i like to think that none of them actually know what they're talking about that all these phrases you know man on and switch these are just things that they've learned and they just randomly shout them to sound like they know what they're doing and actually it's all it's all a mirage and you know it's all it's all just pretend i like to think that it makes well, me feel better well, true, but do you know what? Judging by the quality of the football that's going on there, I don't think you're a million miles away. Um, sorry to, to Skellingthorpe Football Club if, uh, if we've offended you. And there we are, the beautiful sound. Um, you know, the, across this land sometimes on a Sunday morning, there are church bells going across village greens. Um, and then in other places, there are um, about 22 blokes shouting. Each other. And then the, the, the spectators shout as well because they know better than the people on the pitch, of course, and they certainly know better than the referee uh, about, about what goes on uh, on the pitch. You know, these are the armchair football fans generally, aren't they? You know, they've just watched match of the day. Um, Alan Shearer's given his uh, enthusiastic commentary as always, and uh, and here they go. So um, a, a very quick quiz I've just made up while we were listening to that, Johnny, for you. Okay. Um, the, the the two phrases I picked up on there, there was a couple, but uh, man on. What does that mean? Man on. Mm-hmm. Um, is that like if if a member of the other team has gotten the ball, mm-hmm. you're telling the, the man nearest to tackle? Is that no? Is that it? No, 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 no. no, 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 no that, that was a pure guess. Maybe you were running down the wing with the ball and uh, you couldn't see behind you. So these are the eyes in the ah, back of your head. So, telling you so man someone's yeah, you. yeah, ah, man on. He's, he's, he's just about to take that ball off you, and that's usually whenever I was playing, and uh, you would hear the phrase "man on." It's usually followed by me losing the ball, <laughs> right, <laughs> uh, right, to the opposite. To the Why don't opposite they just team. say he's behind you? Um, yeah. A bit panto, isn't it? Mm. And uh, switch it. What do you think switch it means? Switch. Um, is that uh, just kick it to another member of, of your team? Not the other team. Don't kick it to a member of the other team. That's, <laughs> that's a very important rule in football. That I, I do know that one. Uh, no. Uh, you've got to keep the ball and try and score a goal. That, that's how football works. But is, is that it? No. No. No, switch it would mean, say you were running down the, uh, let's go for east and west. Seems to be a mm. topic. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I can't choose tonight. Um, so if you were running down the east wing, and uh, you couldn't see because you're far too short-sighted. All the other people need to tell you this. And you could switch it to the opposite wing. Uh, but, uh, and you could wedge belt it over there and see uh, see if it gets anywhere near your fella. Really. Okay. Yeah, right. Well, I've learned something there. Mm. Now, something else we picked on, on during there was the affluency, perhaps. And I think we come to this more in the second part of the grid visit later on in the programme. But uh, just touch on it slightly where we were saying, I think it hadn't been long since you and I had been to Ermine. And uh, we could see that perhaps things were... You know, and it's all different councils. We understand this, and different monies and different pots of money. Uh, however, there, are, there, are, there's an area, or, or even more areas that, that need that money. I think that was spent in and around that area, uh, perhaps more than uh, yeah, the area we yeah. were in. That's true. Yeah, I mean, you know, areas like Ermine and, and Birchwood. I mean, we mustn't get carried away. It's not exactly you know South Central LA down there. No, no. But no. Um, they they have clearly got some you know sort of a deprivation issues that kind of thing. And there's certainly a lot of young people, you know, in those areas with not very much to do. And some of those facilities and some of that money could maybe be better spent 
there um you know as you you often say your phrase the, the villages where they keep all the money and i think mm-hmm. there's a lot of that about you see a lot of very nice houses very well-kept gardens very affluent kind of areas around there um and it does seem odd that these areas seem to get quite a lot of lottery funding and that kind of thing when perhaps they're not they don't need it the most yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that's fair enough. If you know different, do contact us, Lincoln A to Z, at sirenonline.co.uk. Lincoln A to Z. Now, as well as uh, Johnny and I poking about the place, saying what we think of each grid, our friend Joe Hughes from the Lincolnshire Archives is going to give us the history of our C9 grid. This grid square shows a large area of land in Skellingthorpe, which designates a high-status part of the village, as it's part of both Skellingthorpe Hall and Skellingthorpe Manor House. Whilst both properties date back to the early 19th century, Skellingthorpe Manor House stands on the site of a much earlier manor house. Here lived Henry Stone, who was lord of the manor in the 17th century. It's his family that the Stone's Arms pub is named after in the village. Anyway, in today's grid square once lived Henry Stone, lord of the manor. So who was he? Well, an article about Lincolnshire during the Civil War and the Commonwealth says that whilst he had the right to bear a coat of arms or heraldic crest, he wasn't gentry or nobility as such almost certainly rising from London trade stock. He secured his title to the manor of Skellingthorpe after a whole lot of tribulation in 1665. If I tried to describe just how hard Henry fought for his estate and the parliamentary wranglings of Cromwell's government that followed, we'd run out of airtime. But at last Henry won possession of the manor of Skellingthorpe and held on to it until his death 30 years later. He also owned estates in South Witham, but it seems he lived mainly in Skellingthorpe. He sounds like he was a generous man, as he contributed a communion plate, altar cloth and pulpit cushions to Skellingthorpe Church. The plate is possibly still in use, although the soft furnishings became moth-eaten by the mid-19th century. He provided church bells too, which were unfortunately destroyed by fire, but there's still a small legacy from his charity that exists to this day, which goes towards the maintenance of the church tower and the new bell. His generosity didn't end with the church, though. He also gave the interest of £120 to the poor of Lincoln and bequeathed £700 to be invested in land to support a school for poor children in the city. Such benevolence, although it's been suggested by the cynical that this benevolence came about due to the fact that his two sons died before him and that he quarrelled with a niece who kept house for him after the death of his wife. The Lincolnshire Archives now holds a lot of the documents relating to Henry, his manor and his charity work. It seems Henry himself was a stickler for recording details and noted down many aspects of the running of his estates with minute care in what's been described as microscopically small hand. Because he died with no heir, in his will he left his estates to Christ Hospital in London. They owned much of the land throughout the centuries until in 1941 they sold off their properties by auction. To this day, you can see the legacy of their ownership in the Christ Hospital coats of arms above many of the estate cottages in the village. There's even a Christ Hospital plaque on the wall of the St Lawrence's School, and it's been incorporated into the badge on the uniform the children wear today. As for Henry, you'll find him resting in his table tomb in the graveyard of the Victorian church. On the tomb is inscribed the words, The governors of Christ Hospital in London have caused this tomb to be erected in memory of their munificent benefactor Henry Stone Esquire, late deceased anno 1694. Oh, thanks as always to uh, Joe from the Lincolnshire Archives for that. More from her in the next episode. Lincoln A to Z on Siren FM. Find us on Twitter at Lincoln A to Z. Okay, so, Johnny... Let's talk pub, shall we? Why not? Yeah, yeah, that's our favourite subject, isn't it? Yeah. Well, one of them. Hmm. 
Okay, uh, right, so uh, a bit of background towards this before we just start leaping in, uh, retching on about local boozers that have shut down. And uh, a few weeks back, uh, we were, well, we were sat outside the pie wipe, weren't we? Uh, and then we started talking about various pubs and places around Lincoln. Obviously, times have changed. Uh, you know, we all buy uh, cheap booze from the supermarket now and uh, stay at home and watch the X Factor, don't we? That's what happens. Times have changed. Uh, we don't come out of the uh, the mill anymore uh, from working down pit or uh, in the uh, various industries uh, around Lincoln, engineering obviously focused and uh, they don't line them up on the bar anymore uh, outside places such as the steam hammer but a lot of these places are missed a lot of these places had characters and uh, a while back we put on uh, on various facebook sites uh, you're probably from lincoln if and uh, it's about lincoln and uh, and we had a deluge didn't we really more than we could possibly cope with uh, which is something that we're just not used to <laughs> you know we really uh, you know people from around here well it's to be fair it seems so, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of um, a lot of uh, you know good feeling towards a lot of these places. <laughs> there is. Um, let me just read a few of these. Uh, Victoria EC says uh, Cornhill Vaults used to go there with my mum uh, to meet family when I was little. Uh, the Roebuck is suggested by Pamela Cranswick. Uh, says it had the cheesiest jukebox. Uh, used to wind up my then boyfriend playing Owzat all the time. Owzat was an awful cheesy seventies novelty hit. Look it up on YouTube if, if you really really want to. <laughs> um, and Pamela also uh, suggests uh, the Red Lion. Uh, it says a uh, seedy little dive, but always full, and you knew where to find uh, a police. On Saturday, I don't quite know what that means. What is well, that? it could, could well be a Scottish word for the police. Ah, right, yes. Always sat outside mm. in Black Mariahs. There we go. That makes sense now. Yeah, but I've no idea where that is. There is a, a website which is well worth looking at if you're interested in closed pubs. It's called uh, closedpubs.co.uk. Um, and you can search on there. There's every city in, in Britain there. You can search on, on Lincoln, and it tells you all about pubs that have uh, long gone. Uh, in some cases, when they closed and where they used to be. Uh, but the red line isn't on there, so I have no idea where that was. If anyone knows where that is, please do let us know. Yeah, it's one of the few things, Johnny, we can, uh, the minute say, and I think we're both kind of relishing in this, is that it was before our time. Yes. Uh, yeah. Because everywhere else on here, we, you know, we're looking at it and thinking, oh, yeah, I know yeah. where that was, yeah. I know where that was. Um, the Queen's, uh, where are we? The Falstaff and the Cornhill Vaults. Uh, this is Sandy James from It's About Lincoln. Uh, Falstaff and Cornhill Vaults, because they were pubs that bikers, rockers, and goths hung out in the 80s. And the nineties, and uh, yeah, I, th- I think there's a certain scene around uh, around Lincoln and in certain uh, pubs like the Falstaff, uh, the Vaults, and of course the Falcon, which is where James Bonnet picks it up. Uh, the Falcon for sure. God bless our all day Tuesday specials, uh, which uh, well tomorrow's Tuesday, isn't it? But uh, it is, yeah. Uh, now uh, the, Jamie Mackay, and we know you know Jamie. We know yes, Jamie's yeah. worked with Jamie's worked with us here at Siren before. Um, it's not a pub, but I miss B jams. Yeah, I think we all do. Mm-hmm. To be fair. Um, Dave Farrer says The Lark which uh, used to be up on Newport I think it's not long gone that and I remember being told by somebody once never ever to go in there but I, I think <laughs> really? these, these pubs sometimes get a reputation that probably is, is not deserved because you know the, 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 these the word gets around that a place is somewhere you should never go, but it's not mm-hmm. always fair, is it? No, no, but you'd never feel more alive than going in, do you? I mean, Well, yeah, that's true. You know, yeah. I, I think uh, sometimes you, you end up knowing people that, that go there and you might meet them and you might uh, say, oh, yeah, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy me for one in there. You think, hmm, crikey. Oh, yeah, it feels like you're being let into... Uh, in London, they would have like a, a secret gentleman's club. In Lincoln... We have, I was just about to say a name, but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I, we all know, we all know. I think people. I know what you mean. We yeah, all know yeah, yeah, yeah I, know, I know what you mean, yeah. yeah. I mean... Go on, go on, John. Yeah, I'll, I'll do one more. Uh, Ellen Rose uh, Ellie says, uh, this, is, this is more of a comment on pubs generally, cheap booze at the supermarket and turning every single pub into an eatery has killed off most pubs. Uh, when there used to be a community focal point, I think there's, there's something in that. I mean, personally, I think pubs 
probably went off the rails a bit when they started putting coffee machines in them. I think I, I don't yeah, understand that. You know, you're in a pub, have a proper drink, and it takes so long as well. I just oh, want a simple yeah. pint. Yeah, it'll take someone, 10 seconds. Someone comes in front of a you skinny, and order. skinny latte oh, or something yeah. absurd. Yeah, oh, and I think, I just want a pint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I'll, I'll do it myself. Yeah, yeah. I'll stick my head under the tap if you like. Yeah. That'll be fine. Just get on with it. I know. It's <laughs> they should have two separate queues. I've said this for a long time. <laughs> but yeah, there's an interesting point there, I think, about the food in pubs. Yeah. Uh, so something something awful happened to the Swan Home a few years ago where you would walk in and you'd certainly got this feeling that you weren't welcome unless you were going to have a pie. Yeah, yeah, that can happen. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's not very good. Now, uh, one, uh, what, one last quick one from me, Johnny, do you think, before we I move? I think so, yeah. I was thinking really about the... Uh, uh, the, the Ring of Feathers. I've not heard this. Last week we talked about the um, uh, the, the, the bobsleigh run, which, you, you know, you start at the top and work yes, all the way yeah. down down the high street, which we used to do the other way around. We used, we used to call it the Lincoln Mile, but these things get different names. The Ring of Feathers uh, is apparently anything uphill. You can go all around, uh, all around the ones uphill, and that's called the Ring of Feathers. Now, I've never done this. It sounds like a challenge. You and I like a challenge. Let's yes, face it, we're yeah. here selecting 52 grids and walking about them. Um, I'm not so sure it'd make good radio, though. Probably increasingly less good radio as the show went on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I do like the idea. Lincoln A to Z C nine. Uh, now it's time for the second part of our visit to our C nine grid, where you'll find Johnny and I reflecting further on the prosperity of the satellite village. Uh, so we're heading out now from the community centre out onto Lincoln Road, uh, the main road really in and out of. Uh, of Skellingthorpe, and there's some very nice houses down here, nice long drives, uh, all with a uh, nice character, apart from that one there that's got a horrid extension on it, um, and some some nice bungalows, and you can see, you know, sometimes we, we joke on the programme about, uh, you know, we, we cover Lincoln and the surrounding satellite villages where all the money is, um, uh, but, to, you know, that, it's getting less and less of a joke and more and more of a reality with every village we seem to go to. When you head out of Lincoln and you, and you go into the, like, North Kesteven and, and East Lindsay and all the surrounding district council areas, there's a, a real step change in the, the levels of wealth and the amount of investment in the areas. Um, I think Lincoln has very tight boundaries for a city. Um, and it seems that Lincoln is left with all the, the kind of problem areas. And, you know, everyone in Lincoln is subsidising those areas, whereas as soon as you get out into the countryside, uh, it's all plain sailing and, you know, exactly money money to be had yeah and these are the people with money uh, and the distribution of that money from uh, from these people paying their taxes uh, you know it could be used a lot more sensible in such a small area as well um, so here we go a new uh, a new campaign uh, a new <laughs> a new campaign to be had about uh, changing the boundaries uh, of the councils and not so you can just elect the favorite council official into a favorite area uh, but actually to distribute the wealth uh, a little more freely and of course, of course, if you disagree with that, because there are two of us here both agreeing with something, um, if you disagree with that, if you think that things are exactly the way they are and they should stay this way, uh, if you've got a good explanation for that, uh, get, onto our, get onto our website. Right. That's the world put to rights. Yes. Which way are we going now? So just on the, uh, on the very edge of the, uh, the C9 grid now in Skellingthorpe, and uh, we're seeing Skellingthorpe Library. Um, which is quite a, a quaint little building. Um, it could be called ugly, couldn't it? But uh, I quite like it. It's, it's a, it doesn't really fit in with any of the surroundings, does it? Like the uh, the, the bungalows you see further down, or the grander houses we've just uh, we've just come across. It's like a, a little box, isn't it? It is, and there's there's obviously threats to a lot of libraries in Lincolnshire at the moment. The council's having to make big savings in its its library budget, and a lot of the smaller um, libraries 
like this are under threat. I don't know if this particular one is under threat or not. Given how close it is to Lincoln, maybe it ought to be on the list, I don't know. Um, but I'm sure the people of Scalingthorpe would disagree and would want to maintain their, their little library and, you know, good luck to them. We're just walking back now, uh, heading always, as always, towards Daisy Made Ice Cream, uh, which I'm looking forward to at some point today. And our producer, Johnny, has just looked at a, a bus stop, looked at the times on it and the amount of times buses pass through this area to take people from Skellingthorpe into Lincoln. And uh, you're not impressed, are you? It's quite staggering. There's about five buses a day, about two hours apart, and nothing at all on Sundays, not even one. So I, I find that really quite staggering. I didn't realise how bad that was. Yeah, well, it's really poor for uh, public transport. I think we're outside the LN6 area because obviously access LN6 uh, are doing as much as they can to try and improve uh, transportation in the area. Uh, but that is, yeah, yeah, you know, you could imagine... Imagine they've got all the facilities here. Why, <laughs> why are they going to want to leave? <laughs> but then I suppose it, a bus service needs to run on supply and demand. And if you look, and we're, this is making an assumption, okay? Um, I don't think there are many households, and I'm surmising, I know I am, I know it's, it's incorrect to assume, but I can be pretty confident actually <laughs> that looking around here, there aren't that many households that rely on public transportation. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think it's a bit of a chicken and egg thing, isn't it? Because do people not use it because it's terrible or is it terrible because people don't use it? It's, um, if you go to somewhere like Cambridge, for example, um, the little satellite villages around Cambridge have got like buses every 10, 15 minutes, constant supply of them, and people use them, even wealthy people. It's not just, you know, for people who can't afford an alternative. People choose to use it because it's a good service. So I don't know. Maybe if it was a better service, people might use it. Uh, they would, they would, but a lot of people I know, uh, and certainly of the generation that are out here, uh, again, well, I'm assuming there's a certain generation that are here, but they're the ones that can afford these houses. Let's not beat around the bush. Then uh, they're the ones that, oh, I, don't, I don't know, in my experience, in my experience, um, would, would rather eat something foul than step on a bus with, uh, with other human beings. Yeah, but you know, I mean, we're talking about older people here, and <laughs> as as people get older, there comes a time when you can't drive anymore, when your eyesight fails, when you've got no choice but to rely on it. And I think at that point, a lot of people around here, you know, when they, their driving licences took off them and they find themselves relying on the five buses a day, might suddenly start to realise that it, sh it is quite important and maybe they should have done something about it before now. Okay. I'm not going to disagree with that. <laughs> I don't know, it's quite funny, because it's a very... I find ourselves, Johnny, don't you, in a very positive place, a very nice place, uh, a place where obviously money's been invested, a national cycle route running through it, uh, which can only be a great thing, uh, exercise equipment, uh, children's play parks, footballs, uh, you know, people being out, being active, uh, and we've seen a lot of that today, lots of people jogging and riding on bikes and things like that. I, yet, yet, I, st I still don't think that you or, you or I uh, think this is a particularly great place to spend a lot of time no i mean you know I, I prefer urban environments anyway so as soon as i come out of the city i feel a little bit you know uncomfortable too much open space i don't like it um but yeah the the kind of i don't know social injustice seems a bit strong but you know there's there is this feeling there's a ring of wealth around lincoln and none of it seeps into lincoln itself and so there are it's the nature of life that people live different lives and some people are better off than others. That's, that's just the way things are. But you can't help but feel that things could be distributed a little fairer. You know, that nice play park in the middle of the ermine would be just the thing, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, it would. It would.
And as we uh, suggest there, if you uh, if you disagree with uh, a couple of uh, uh, well loony lefties walking around uh, Scunthorpe, uh, then please email us. Let us know. Um, although we're not really Jeremy Vine, are we? But do let us know. Lincoln A to Z at sirenonline.co.uk or go go to the website uh, Lincoln A to Z uk. Put a comment on there uh, so everyone can see it. Let us know what you think. Um, I, I've listened back to that Johnny a couple of times, and I. <laughs> Reflecting back on it, I mean, do you think we were overly dour on the place or not? Um, oh, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I didn't like it. But we are going back again. This is the important thing. We've got yeah. two grids in Scandinavia, so we are going back. It will get a second chance to impress us, and I'm sure they're all, you know, polishing their, their door knockers and, mm. you know, trimming their gardens and, you know, just waiting for us to come back. Or they'll be getting somebody else to do it, Johnny. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, more likely, yeah. yeah. Which wonderfully <laughs> brings us to our... Uh, objects now uh, we didn't pick an object up on the day sometimes we do sometimes we don't uh, if we don't see anything that takes our fancy hey we're not just picking things up willy-nilly here uh, we, this is all going to take uh, part of our exhibition in December 2014 over at the collection um, so Johnny the object I, I passed by through there this week uh, after dropping the kids off at the school uh, I, I went by there to see um, see the area again I want to see the area again and what have you got in your hand what did I pick up that day well, this is a, a business card, um, and it's for Dolly Char Limited, a domestic cleaning agency. Okay, which, well, you know, hey, if you're going to put a domestic cleaning agency anywhere, uh, an advert for it, you're going to put it where we were there. So it, it does, for once, <laughs> we've found something that sums up the area, uh, well, pretty well, I think. Yeah, you don't get many domestic cleaners around where I live, I have to say. Although the lady who lives opposite us does have her ironing done by somebody. Really? Yeah, which is just a bit lazy, really, isn't it? Okay, so this leads me on to several questions about how you know this. <laughs> and uh, you look out your window far too much, I think. Yeah, well, you've got to twitch your curtains, haven't you? You have a big a van now, drives up. back to the object. Mm. What else is there? A pin, isn't there? I there is a pin through that, yes. I took the pin, Johnny. I took the pin from the board. Right. Are you meant um, to do this? Is that... Is the idea that you're meant to take a card? You're meant to take the card. The yeah, cards are there. There are multiple right, okay. cards there. It's like, uh, as we're here in the, based in the University of Siren FM is, uh, a lot of the time they're looking for actors and they do that yes, thing like yeah. they do in America where they have this little yeah, telephone number I you like can that, pull from yeah. the bottom. Mm. Um, maybe this domestic cleaning agency should do that. Then maybe a bit more people will do it. Anyway, by the way. Um, yeah, yeah, they were there. I, don't, I, I was supposed to take the card. I wasn't supposed to take the pin. Oh, okay. However... I don't want to give too much away about what we're going to do in that room at the uh, the collection. However, this pin will now uh, be a focal point, I think. I think someone's going to come along and look at this art exhibition and say, hmm, a pin. I certainly hope so. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. Lincoln A to Z. A question of Lincoln. there of Lincoln Cathedral chiming chiming because it's time for a question of Lincoln and just in the background there I think you can make out the Siren FM choir too being pitch perfect as always is Alex Leftchuk host of the Midweek Drive you can find it here on Siren 107.3 FM Wednesdays 5 till 7pm and they also do a breakfast edition of the Midweek Drive 8 till 10 Thursday mornings thanks Alex right John let's cut to the chase Question of Lincoln time. I'm very excited about tonight's edition of a question of Lincoln. Uh, just for a change, you're going to go first? Yeah, yeah, I'll go first. Yeah, nice, uh, easy one for you. And a nice quick question too. Quite simply, when did the first railways arrive in Lincoln? Oh. Was it A, 1846, mm-hmm. B, 1849, mm-hmm. 
or C, 1854. Ten seconds, start now. Okay. Uh, I can't remember the dates. I have no idea and I'll never guess it. I'm going to go middle for diddle, so B, whatever B was, please. B was? Oh, for some reason, my things aren't playing. <coughs> oh, I've <coughs> got it. There, you see. Straight up the end. Well done. Um, that was a bit loud, wasn't it? it was. uh, no, the answer was actually A, 1846, which was the Midland Railway to Nottingham, uh, Nottingham to Lincoln Branch Line, uh, which used to go from St Mark's, which, of course, now is Argos. <laughs> oh, Johnny, give me give me half an hour and I'll do you a brilliant joke on that. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, now, Johnny Hoare, hey, you're nominated for a radio production award. And it will never be for a question of Lincoln, will it? Um, now, you're not a fan of the motor vehicle, are you? No, not really. And uh, nearly all of our grid walks, Johnny and I end up having a lukewarm argument about parking <laughs> in Lincoln. Now, uh, thankfully, this doesn't make the final edit because, well, you know, we're not five live. Uh, so my question... My question for a nominee of Best Drama <laughs> Readings Producer is... And we all know that the residence parking scheme, which uh, well, is even included on your street, Johnny, but you won't know about this because you don't have a car, uh, is £26 a year. However, how much would it cost the award nominee if you completely lost your mind and bought not one but two cars? So that's a combined <laughs> cost. How much would the cost be, Johnny? Would it be A, £78, B, £82, or C... £64. Right, okay. Um, well, I seem to think it's like double for the second one. So if it's 26 and then and 52, that would make it 78. You are correct. There we go. Okay, right, well, congratulations to Johnny. Uh, there are biscuits in the studio because we are celebrating uh, this week. Well done. Uh, you can have... Uh, another one. Lincoln, A to Z dot co dot UK. Okay, now, we're going to... Uh, well, we're going to live... A childhood dream here, really. Uh, we're here to make our own dreams on Siren FM, uh, and that's what we do. That's community radio at its best. And Lincoln A to Z is now proudly going to present to you the top ten closed down and lamented pubs. Now, number ten, the Queen Hotel. Now, HMV, when, when will we be doing a chart that laments record shops? At number nine, Manvers Arms. John Gleason, John Gleason describes this encounter in the Manvers in 2003. Me, can I have a bottle of Mackesons, please? Barmaid. What's that then, eh? We got Budweiser, Arp and Fosters. What do you want? All whilst looking at someone else. And he says he was pleased to be able to take a photo of the demolition, which happened in 2008. Now, joint, joint 8th and 7th, which is, uh, they've got exactly the same amount of votes here, and it's particularly apt as they were in the same building. This is the Wheat Sheaf and O'Rourke's. O'Rourke's, where I watched the demol demolition of Holland in Euro 96. Richard Adams, uh, he says, O'Rourke's spent many a college lunchtime in that pub after a friend got us all barred from Monk's Abbey. Oh, dear. Oh, the memories, the memories of a misspent youth. And Adam Peacock says, oh, it's O'Rourke's for me. I spent so much time in there. I had a tab, a bar tab. Wow, we imagine that. He paid it off on a monthly basis. Good times. At number six, the Grand Hotel. Demolished and now one of Johnny's favourite things. A car park. Colin Brown says he misses the Grand Hotel bar because he got the last train home from London on a Saturday with the Sunday papers. People looked at him quite funny, I think. And Claire Christopher says, the Grand Hotel was nice and the people were always polite too. At number five, big favourite this, the Falstaff. Falstaff and Jim Welch said the Falstaff because I want my mural back. 
There's a story behind that. I want to know that story. Jim, get in contact. And number four. As we've already established, no one, and I mean no one, knows where the Red Lion was. But people in Lincoln believe it was there. No one knows where that pub was. And number three, a new entry. I always wanted to say that. And number three, a new entry. Now, Laura Ashley. Uh, this is the row book. Uh, Sarah Coddington, she used to work there. Uh, the landlord was not very good to work for, and I'm paraphrasing there. Uh, John Rister, he said that when he was 17, he got leathered. I love that turn of phrase, leathered. There's poetry in that. He got leathered in there on Christmas Eve and was still bad on Christmas Day in 1981. Straight in at number two is the Falcon. Now, if I could have rigged this, I would, because the Falcon came second. And some might even say that, the, well, the, all right, the name is still going. But that lurid bar that sells shorts in vast quantities will not and will never have the character or the characters, the charm and the delightful grubbiness that the Falcon had. Although there are Falcon reunions held in the Jolly Brewer from time to time. Now, Greg Nicholson says he saw my band. He saw my band, Johnny. Calamero. Long live Calamero. And he saw that band. Time for a reunion, surely. Uh, he saw that band in that pub. And they first served... Greg when he was 16 and Linda Linda Wilson says that the bar staff were amazing but I happen to know she worked there now number one and number one by a country mile Lincoln's most missed pub is the Cornhill Vaults, nestling under the big water stones. It's the Cornhill Vaults. So many people said this, nearly twice as many as its nearest rival. Oh, so many fond memories from there. Like this from Elaine Gray. It has to be the Cornhill Vault for me. Spent many a good night down there, gutted when it closed. And Colin says, I miss the Cornhill Vaults, as that's where I started my city centre drinking. I think there's always something there, isn't it? You, the first pub you go and you get served. Oh, it leaves a, it leaves a mark that sometimes aren't always remembered. And the brilliantly named Dave Fatbloke, his words, not ours, has to be the Cornhill Vaults, great live music, and everyone was welcome. I thank you. Lincoln A to Z on Siren FM. Uh, okay, now, Lincoln A to Z, every episode of Lincoln A to Z. Our resident poet, Treffer Davis, gives us his viewpoint of the grid. And uh, Treff, uh, well, we've come to know Treff. He's, he's very, very proud, um, very proud of being Welsh. Now, the thing, and so he should be, but the thing with the Welsh, you just can't stop him singing, can you? Skirlingthorpe, 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 Skirlingthorpe. Skellingthorpe, 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 Skellingthorpe. Skellingthorpe, a village in harmony. Uh, which is uh, perfect, absolutely perfect. Uh, thanks to Treffer Davis for that and uh, for more from Treff. Uh, you can go to his philosopherontap.com website. Lincoln A to Z. Thanks for listening to the Lincoln A to Z podcast. Do you know anything about this or any of our other 52 grids? If so, we'd love to hear from you. LincolnA-Z.co.uk has all the information and contact details you'll need. And don't forget the live Lincoln A-Z show is on Siren FM Monday nights from 9.